This is the City Surgery on City Talk 105.9. And it's City Talk 105.9. We welcome to the studio for the Gadget Surgery this hour, our gadget guru, Gary Miller. Gary, once again, great to see you. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Good day, Mick. Yes, here we are answering questions. As every week, around about this time, six years we've been doing it, Gadget Surgery questions and all things gadget related. Now, I've had uh, plenty of emails which have come through. Um, some on the Twitter, which have come through via at CityTalk1059. Although, to be honest, because we round them up over the course of the week, you might get a bit lucky if they come through and if you get your questions uh, read out on Twitter. Just because we always say send them through on the email. It's just easier uh, to make sure we stay abreast of all the emails that are coming through for the gadget surgery. Uh, the email address never changes, surgery at citytalk.fm. So the gadget surgery answers your questions on things like viruses in laptops. Uh, maybe you're looking for a recommendation of a new PC or a PC monitor and you want to know what the correct connections are, things like that. Well, this is the show for you. And Gary, I've got a big pile of questions which have come through. Uh, let's start with this one, uh, which came through. I think it's anonymous, this one, but it, it doesn't really matter why. Uh, dear Gary, my computer screen is upside down and I can't get it to come up normal. Ah, now that would be a problem. No, that's an interesting one. That's happened to me. But, you know, a flippant answer would be, We'll turn the monitor the other way around <laughs> and then it'll be fine. Gary, that's not what we're here to do. No, I know it's not. But you never know. It's like, you know, my computer doesn't work. We'll switch it off and switch it back on again and it will work. Um, in this particular instance, if you get your, your fingers on the alt and the control button, and there's several ways of doing this, alt and control, and try this first. Try the down arrow, try the right arrow, Try the left arrow, try the up arrow, and you'll see that the screen might flip. It might go left, it might go right, it might go anti-clockwise or clockwise. Can I try that with the computer in front of me? Yes, yeah, see what that. happens. Can Alt and control. Alt, control. And the arrow pointing whatever direction you want to go in. Now, is it doing it on your screen? No, it's not. Try no. Alt and control. Now, this is where you need to have, like, octopus fingers. Alt and control and the F3 function key and the arrow as well. Oh, heck. Yeah, I know. It's too many, isn't it? Now, if you're in Windows 7, you can cheat all of that and go straight to personalization, find the desktop, and actually find the tab that says rotation. And actually, there is a thing in there as well. And the same in Windows 8. So personalization, desktop, and then you'll be able to rotate it. But... The normal way with most Windows machines is control, alt and the arrow key and it should flick it back round to where it should be. I'm not sure that the keyboard I've got in front of me is the keyboard for the monitor that I've got in front of me. So uh, You're probably switching something else. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> machine next door is, yeah. <laughs> Studio whatever has been switched, yeah. Uh, thank you for that email that came through via surgery at citytalk.fm. Uh, the first couple of emails, I've cut the names off for some reason. I've no idea why I've done that. Uh, Gary, this one comes to you. You'll know which you when I read it out. What do you do if you remove malware from your computer, but it then tells you that some of the programs are active and can't be removed until they've closed? I can't see them active on the desktop. Please help. How would you help that correspondent, Gary? Now, that's an interesting one because that's actually happened to me before. Now, the way I fixed it, and I can't say this is actually the answer that we would all use, we could try it. What I had to do was switch 
the Wi-Fi router off completely. Because what was happening is my machine, although I'd removed all the adware, the spamware, the malware from the machine, or I thought I had, there was still something going on, and and it kept coming back in some cases. And that was because when my machine was switching itself, or when I was switching it on, it does those automatic update processes where it tries to go to the internet through Internet Explorer, Microsoft Office, and it'll look for updates. And looking for those updates means it's using the internet, it's using the Wi-Fi, it's using the Ethernet access, if it's a cable or Wi-Fi. So I turned the router off, and it couldn't get on the internet. Physically stopped it getting on the internet, and actually got rid of the malware that way. Now, sometimes the malware is hidden somewhere inside your browser, whether that be Firefox or Mozilla or Safari or Internet Explorer or Opera or one of the other operating systems, or not operating systems, but Windows type of browsing or Apple browsing so systems. So is that, is that part of the trick that it kind of goes, you know... It's, it goes it's so still deep. Ha- yeah, it goes so deep, but then it's also going, oh, oh, and it keeps ticking over Yeah, in the background. In the background, and you might not know what, what is actually entirely doing it. Now, the other thing I did... Um, that, and that didn't always work because it still was waiting for the internet to come on even though I've switched it off and I've rebooted and everything should have gone because of course the trick is is rebooting entirely to get it to come back on and everything should have gone. The other thing I did is I got an application and I'm not recommending this but got an application called Reg, R-E-G, Reg Clean and that actually got rid of everything that shouldn't be there because it looks into the registry of the computer and that is like the the brains of the machine and where all the drivers are hidden and where everything like the monitor or the network card or the memory is sort of instructed to work from so that's hidden even behind windows reg clean once did fix a job that I couldn't fix, as I say, by turning off the router, turning off the internet to allow me to get rid of that malware. Reg Clean was my final sort of resort, but it worked. But actually, many times where malware has got in, where my malware, anti-malware program has got rid of it, now malware is a bit like a virus, and it just sits there doing some sort of damage, and it's malicious. That's where the word mal comes from, or ma- the part of mal comes from. It's malicious um, where in the ba- software in the background of the uh, the computer. Okay, uh, we've got the uh, gadget surgery on air here on City Talk one hundred five point nine. My name's Mick Coyle. We've got our gadget guru Gary Miller with us, and uh, apologies to the first two correspondents whose names I appear to have cut off. Uh, on the email. I've got everyone else's name for the rest of the show. Well done, you. Uh, Gina <laughs> says, Dear Gary, I need to clear some wires from the back of my PC. It is, capital letters, too busy and keeps getting covered in dust. What's the best way to simplify your monitor keyboard mouse setup? Do the wireless signals override each other? Don't know, that's Gina saying she wants to get wireless uh, uh, items. Is it expensive technology there? So have you got too many wires? Well, what what I would have done uh, is, in the past, I would have been an Ikea, and I would have bought one of their wire tidies, and it looks like a, um, a sort of, I don't know, octopus leg. It's 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 a sort of rubberized or plasticized uh, tube, 
and you just basically uh, put all your wires inside and the tube is actually cut right down the middle all the way along its length and you can just basically feed the wires into that tube and that tidies it up and it stops them all getting so dusty. It looks nice but it's a, it's a pain when you've got to sort of take one out and then look which one is it and such. I mean it will work and it actually has that slit right down the length. Now those wire systems are available now from Maplins, for example. So going to Maplin down in Central Station or in Edge Lane, um, most of the electronic retailers have got those tidies and they're normally called desk tidies or wire tidies and it just tidies it all up. The other thing, of course, is the simplest option, it's not the best option, I've got to say, though, the simplest option is you could buy a, a computer that's an all-in-one. So it's basically got no wires except for maybe the printer, but you could have a wireless printer and then you've got no wires at all going to the printer either when she asks you about wireless signals do wireless signals override each other presumably not presumably you can have a wireless keyboard plus a wireless mouse, a mouse and, a, and a wireless everything printer. could be wireless everything could be wireless and it doesn't compete with each other except when there is interference from an electricity supply so sometimes phone signals you know those base handsets that you get for your home phones sometimes they cause interference if they're too close to the router or the wireless system so that can cause issues so anything with a lot of electricity going through it amplifier systems for for hi-fis and whatever they can also cause issues as well they shouldn't but they can and it's always a recommendation to base them away from the computer or the router so they're not interfering uh, she asks as well, is it expensive technology? Uh, Gina, I've always found that the cheaper you go, the less distance your you, you, your wireless signal is likely to go. So I've had mouse mats or experience of, of, of wireless mouse uh, mice. Mouses, Mice. Yeah, what about, uh, yeah. in the in the past, which I've thought, well, because I'm watching things on TV, I can have the mouse sort of on the coffee table or beside me, and actually, it's just been a little cheap bit of kit, and I've had to it's be right too up far. close, yeah, yeah. And I just thought, well, that's no good, but it was because it was a cheap unit. So, is it expensive? Mid mid range, you're still looking like you're going to get good quality. Mid range, you've got good quality. You can get a really cheap mouse for about three quid these days. That's wired in, and then there's the equivalent wireless cheapest one I've seen is about 20 quid but you might get them a little bit cheaper or you'll get them a lot more expensive I've seen wireless mice up over £100 uh, Next question through Gary on the gadget surgery this week comes from Chris in Egbeth Dear City Talks gadget surgery he formally writes uh, he says is 399 a more reasonable price for an Xbox One with Titanfall Oh, do you want me to take this one, Gary? Yeah, go on. But three nine nine isn't a good price for anybody, to be honest. <laughs> you create a Christmas rush. You get all the kids and the adults who are also kids who love these kind of games and these kind of consoles, and they want to keep up with the Joneses. And then they go and spend four hundred quid. It seems to me to be extremely expensive and I wouldn't spend my money to do that to buy Titanfall with it as well because it's Titanfall the game you want there may be other games out there that you may want instead yeah so the Xbox One is the uh, is the new Microsoft console which is the follow up to the Xbox 360 now uh, when that came out it was priced up originally at 429 versus the PlayStation 4 which was uh, three four nine, but the PlayStation Four didn't come with the sort of um, the equivalent of Connect, which came added into the yes. Xbox package. So although the PlayStation Four was cheaper, it didn't have some sort of uh, uh, connectivity that the Xbox One had. So the Xbox straight away 
was up against it from a price point of view. So they've reduced the price already. So how would you feel, Gary, if you'd spent 429 on something, which suddenly then became 399 and had a game thrown in as well? You'd be a little bit miffed about that one. Yes, it's cheaper because a game is thrown in there too. For me, though, both of those consoles are still price too high. I think once you get to sort of 299, that's when people start to maybe thinking, well, that is a, a figure which I might be able to start saving for. And to be fair, the Xbox One does a lot of great stuff, but it does a lot of things that you probably got technology that that it can already do in the home. So you probably already got your Netflix through a computer, or you've got it through your, your Virgin Box or your. But you Sky wouldn't have Connect, though, like would you? You wouldn't have Connect. Well, of course, yeah. So, but then would you pay four hundred quid to ha- to be able to go stop, go, and all that sort of stuff in in the house? So three nine nine is a more reasonable price because it's cheaper than the four two nine, and a game is thrown in, but. I'm still going to hang You've got on. A, you, but on the other hand, and let's be devil's advocate, I agree with your point about would everybody want to wave at and say stop, but that isn't the point. Most of those games now for the Xbox One are immersive. They want to scan your body. They want to see where your eyes are. They want to see where your hands are. And you can actually make motions when you're fighting those zombies or when you're shooting that gun or where you're running on that racetrack. You know, you're trying to win the four-minute mile. So, you know, it needs those kind of connect immersive technology. And that's what makes 3D type of games really work. That f- almost fourth dimensional kind of game works, except it doesn't smell or doesn't actually, well, it does vibrate these days. New technology came out at Mobile World Congress last week where there's new uh, touch technology where it actually creates, uh, where you can actually feel bumps and lumps and whatever. So actually, the immersive technology is the direction of travel for all of those PlayStations and Xbox Ones. That's what you're playing. For, you're mm. paying for, and you're also paying for the research and development that people have spent billions creating games, creating the actual consoles themselves. Not just pennies, not just millions, but billions of pounds. They've got to get the money back somehow. But you could say, well, actually, they would have got it back on the Xbox 360 is where Microsoft make most of their money these days. They don't make it from selling Nokia phones yet. They don't make it really from Windows 8 or 8.1. They do, but not as much as they used to. They're not the number one hardware and software and app developer that they used to be. So they've got to get the money back somehow. So so Chris from Egbeth, sorry, coming Chris. back from you. Uh, Carl on Twitter asked, Dear Gary, might you consider a Christmas wrapping number one attempt? That's a reference to last week's wrapping. No. My Gangnam style, yes. <laughs> would I Would I consider it? The answer is no, I haven't got the voice. Our last question on the show this week, Dear Gadget uh, Surgery from Will. Can iTunes issue refunds for albums that you buy? Interesting this one. He says, I bought. I have bought an album I thought I'd lost, but has since found. <laughs> I've since found it at my brother's. Is there anything I can do about this? Ask Will. Well, if you've got iTunes and you've got the most recent iOS or OS X, the operating system, your iTunes library could be out there in the cloud. So it doesn't matter whether you're your brother's your sisters, your mums, your dads, your aunties, your grannies, or your own place, your iTunes library should today be available to your machine, whatever you are. But what if it was a CD, which if you owned a CD, it had never been near iTunes. Yeah. And then you thought, oh, I used to have that. And then you downloaded it. 
and then you suddenly went, oh, actually, no, I've already got it. I mean, you wouldn't, you couldn't take it to a, back to a shop at that, that stage. No, you it? wouldn't. Oh, it's your fault. You bought it. Although, yeah, no, actually, you could, you could within fourteen days, couldn't you, take back a CD to a store in its sort of original condition? Because you got your right to, everyone's got a right to a refund, haven't they? But that doesn't, does that apply? It must apply. There must Do be you know, some kind. I of... I don't know the answer in the end of that one. Um, I was thinking more about, you know, he's downloaded something for him to use wherever. Apple don't care where you're using it, as long as you've got it once. Yeah. If you're sharing it then and giving copies to other people, I'd be a little bit sort of confused that and question it. I think people could email in via surgery at citytalk.fm if they've ever got a refund from Have iTunes. they had one, yeah. I'm trying to think, there must be a scenario where you could get a refund. Like, I don't know, maybe you would download the same thing twice accidentally. No, you couldn't. I'm, I'm, there must be, because you some... download on your ID. Your login yeah. details, it's only yours. You couldn't do that twice. Definitely couldn't do it twice. There must be there must be a way of getting a refund for something you buy digitally. So come on, City Talk 105.9 FM. Uh, you're out there, you're driving your taxi, you're at home, you're in the office, you're in the factory. What, have you ever had a refund from uh, from Apple from your iTunes downloads? That'd be interesting to It find would be out. very interesting yeah. because, the thing, obviously, with everything moving digitally, you've got to have some kind of... Uh, ability to sort of say, hey, you know what, that's not what I wanted to buy or I made that mistake uh, in, in buying it and so on and so forth. Interesting that one. Send in your emails, if you will, on that. Surgery at citytalk.fm. That's surgery at citytalk.fm. Gary, we're out of time. Thank you for your time today. Back next week with the Gadget Surgery, same time next week. Uh, but also Monday morning with What Has Geeked in the last week. That's at 7.20 on a Monday morning as part of the breakfast show. Gary, great to see you. You too, Mick. Thank you so much. <laughs> This is the City Surgery on City Talk 105.9.